Welcome to the Cyber Nation Uncensored Podcast. We welcome all Chumbas, Edge Runners, Vault Dwellers, Wastelanders, Spice Traders, and Space Folders. Thanks for joining us. Please give us a great review and also be sure to join us on both YouTube and Twitch. We'd love to see you on a live stream. Thanks again. See you soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome now to the Shadows of... Could you imagine if I did the whole stream like that? I would, my throat would be killing me. I'm, I'm just kidding. Hey, welcome everybody. This is our monthly Shadows of Asterin gameplay that we're going to do right here on the last Monday of every month. Uh, everyone say hi. Let's check those mics before we get started. Oh, hello. 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 Nice. Hello. Well, I can hear everybody. So chat, let us know if anybody's muted or frozen. We'll try to get that fixed right away. Sometimes little glitches happen there. Alex in chat says, sounds good. Perfect. So yeah, like I said, this is our monthly stream we're going to do on the last Monday of every month. At this time, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And this is our Shadows of Esterin game that we're doing for Studio Agate. And, uh, yep, we got a chance. Oh, thanks, Savage. Savage McNavage getting in there with the 16-month uh, subscribe. Really appreciate that. But, yeah, we had the chance, uh, the pleasure of meeting the team at Gen Con. Uh, we were out there with Sirenscape. Shout out to Steve, who's part of our team here from Sirenscape. And, uh, yeah, just hit it off uh, with the company, the people that run it, uh, Nell, Kevin, just the whole team, just amazing people. And um, had to start up a stream about this. Uh, typically, we don't dabble uh, a little bit into the fantasy side of things. We always keep things kind of cyberpunk and future and dystopian on that end of the spectrum. Uh, however, don't be mistaken. This game is very dystopian, very dark. It's a medieval horror game. Very, very low fantasy. But before I get into all that, before I describe the game, we get into our session zero. We introduce the, the characters and all that good stuff. Let's first do like we always do. Let's go around the table. Everyone introduce yourself and let people know where they can find you online. Uh, don't worry about introducing the character just yet because we'll obviously be diving into that in a moment. Uh, so for now, just introduce yourself as a player. Uh, Rockette, why don't you start it off for us? Why, I'd love to. Hello, everyone. I am Rockette Fox, your second favorite person in the world. And I am super thrilled and honored and excited to be here. If you need more of me, which I know you do, you can find me anywhere that Rocket Foxes can be found, including saying my name three times into a mirror and having me appear behind you. Okay. But aside from that, Thursday nights, I'm over on the Sirenscape channel. We're playing some cyberpunk right over there. Uh, Monday nights, other than last of the month, I am playing some Star Trek on ELH's channel, and I am about to next month be playing some traveler pirates over on troopers channel so it's a lot of stuff it's super fun oh 
also last Sunday of the month, uh, Dune, on this fabulous channel right here. That's right. So come find me. Very true. Steve. Hi, everybody. I'm Steve Barr. I'm the community and content manager at Sirenscape. So if you don't know what Sirenscape is, we're the app that puts the awesome sounds into your playing games. But of course, if you've been watching any of Rob's shows, you already know what we are. <laughs> Very um, true. I used yeah, I used to play um, Bodak in Rob's show uh, a little while ago, and I'm so excited to finally get back to um, to playing again, having kind of watched um, kind of so, like Rob and the team put on such a great show with their Cyberpunk show that they've been doing on our channel. To finally get to actually play with them is is quite exciting. Hell yeah! No, I'm excited to have you back. Uh, it's been so long since we got to play together, let alone like you said to put this team together. Uh, it's it's awesome. I'm really excited too. Uh, Bones. Or is it Little Bones? Are we going with Bones? Either one. That's okay. me, Little Bones 309. I have the smallest bones on Twitch.tv on the <laughs> web. Uh, I play indie games on my channel uh, here on Twitch. Uh, that's all I do is I play weird, strange things that I find around the web, and I play TTRPGs everywhere, apparently now. Uh, <laughs> and you can find me all over the web as Little Bones 309. Nice. Phil. Hello, I'm Phil. Um, you find me on social media at Scruff, S-K-K-R-U-F-F. Uh, I am part of Roll to Cast. Uh, so we are a little Aussie collective of four actors and directors, and we make a TTRPG podcast where we do a different game every season. We're seven seasons in. Um, uh, we do everything from Cyberpunk to The Witcher to Kids on Bikes, and we're currently in a season of Avatar Legends. So... Go check us out. That's R O L E to cast. Um, and uh, I also appear uh, regularly on uh, the Sirenscape channel doing uh, a monthly uh, cyberpunk game weekly. with. Uh, with Weekly? Why is it month? Why is it month? Weekly cyberpunk. You better game. show up. Yeah, you better be over there. Weekly. I know, yeah. show up. We need you. I'm gonna get seasons. Up. <laughs> ten, only ten seasons of weekly games, and I, I can't get it. Can't get it right with two of these lovely people here. Um, yeah, so that's me. Nice, and Valerie. Hello, I'm Big Val. You can find me at Twitter at, at cyber underscore Valerie. Oh, I got it right this time. And you can also find me here playing Phoenix the Fixer on our Veritox game uh, every Wednesday, first and second of the month. Yeah, for, and then uh, now here. Second. And, second uh, and then the last. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. Uh, I figure it whatever. out. Whatever. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We're, we're a handful of seasons and we're all just figuring this out. We've been, we've been playing for years and eventually yeah. we'll get it. We'll get it. <laughs> hey, and I'm Rob Mulligan. I'm usually the game master, but in this game, it's called a game leader. So I'm the game leader here, but I'm also the founder of Cyber Nation Uncensored. Check out Cyber Nation Uncensored uh, anywhere on the interweb. Anywhere you go, you'll probably find it. Just do a search. Uh, we stream live here on Twitch all the time, almost every day of the week, starting in October. A bunch of new series, a bunch of new GMs and gameplay. Uh, and then we VOD everything on our YouTube. So I would really appreciate everyone to like and subscribe to Cybernation Uncensored on YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube right now, you couldn't tune into the live, please give us a like, leave us a comment. I really appreciate the support. And then we put everything in podcast form out to like 30 plus websites. Um, we're up to 350 something episodes now already. Um, so check that out. Leave us a five star review. I would really appreciate that as well. So before we get started, I do want to just take a moment to give a shout out to my supporters on Patreon because 
Everyone knows I've been doing this for a while. I do it because I love it. I have a passion for tabletop role-playing and all the series and content that I create, but it's absolutely validated by the supporters on Patreon. I just can't thank you enough being the fuel on my fire. So shout out to Kevin Moreno, Joseph Holder, Naomi Madlass, William Huddleston, Jamie Minch, John Erfurt, Leaded Coffee, Chris Anderson, Matt James, a.k.a. GM, Reservoir Panda, Roten, a.k.a. Renegade 420, Revolver Gray, Samurai Mac, Steve Barr of Sirenscape right here with us, Zeno, Zach Capricious Nature, Cyber Smiley Raven, Andy Stretton, Copious Salt, Derek Lawrence, Daniel Terry, Alex Maxwell, Nicholas King, Tracy Goodwin, a.k.a. Stink Palm, Igor, Chris Callies, Night City, Nasty, and Homer's Odyssey. All right, let me catch my breath and let's get into it. Uh, this is, like I said earlier, our monthly gameplay. We're going to do on the last Monday of every month, uh, 5 p.m. Pacific time right here. Uh, it is Shadows of Esterin by Studio Agate, a uh, French gaming company, amazing company, amazing people. Um, and this game is, is pretty dark. Uh, before we dive into uh, you know, the characters, uh, what the game is about and all that, Let's just generally take it back a moment just for uh, a little bit of session zero talk, a little bit of lines and veils, um, because uh, if you've seen any of my streams, I run numerous teams for years now, uh, currently running like five different teams. I think this is like the the sixth or or something that I got going, whether it's weekly or monthly or bi-monthly. I always stream a session zero like this. That way we can introduce the characters. We can put together the story of how they know each other. So when we dive into session one, we're ready to go. But it's also to kind of explain what to expect from the gameplay. Uh, not just me as a game master or game leader and with my players, but also to let chat know what to expect because um, everyone knows here at Cyber Nation Uncensored, we're uncensored in the form that, you know, it gets graphic, it gets gory, it gets intense. There's lots of moral dilemmas and things like that. However, uh, we don't fuck with uh, really offensive stuff like bigotry, racism, sexism, any of that typical stuff. I also personally don't like to describe or get into scenarios with like violence towards animals or children. Um, you know, just the typical sort of offensive stuff. I avoid that. Now, that being said, uh, all of my players absolutely can hit me up anytime in private and let me know, you know, what limitations they have. Because obviously I want to discuss it right here and give everyone a moment to chime in with you know, their preferences and, and lines and veils and all that. But sometimes you maybe don't want to say that publicly around the team. And it's just a one-on-one with your GM or game leader uh, sort of thing. So feel free to shoot me a private message. Let me know, uh, you know, what to avoid, what you like, all that good stuff. And uh, we'll make sure everything falls in line to everyone's preferences and no one's getting offended. Um, however, I do want to remind everyone that this game is very dark. You know, it's a medieval horror game, so it's going to be very gory and graphic. And there's also some moral dilemma stuff going on like I do with all of my games. But remember, this also has a lot of mental resilience checks and uh, trauma and sanity charts. So it deals with human condition. And and, and typically in my session zeros, I always mention like I avoid... um, you know, uh, uh, you know, human disorder, mental disorders and things like that. Like, I don't like to talk about things like that because I know, a lot, you know, all of us have little issues and things going on. And, you know, we, we use this gameplay to kind of get away from some of those things. So, you know, we tread lightly on those subjects. However, in this game, there's a whole sanity chart, a whole trauma point system. There's, you know, disorders and crisis and things that you might have to deal with because of the things you've seen or have, have been through. Uh, you know, combat is very brutal here. You know, it's not just as simple as attacking, fighting, and healing and moving on. It's like you might have a scar or a limp or something that plays out in your future and really fucks with your mind and gives you a, a, a messed up mental condition or an issue that you have to deal with. Uh, 
one of the details is uh, your team has an occultist who can deal with hypnosis and help with actual therapy in the game, which is kind of good for the team because an occultist is the one you go to to help with trauma and, and stuff like that through hypnosis. But, but anyways, back to the main point of this session, Zero Lines and Veils, is the fact that we are going to deal with some you know uh, mental disorders and mental health issues and stuff like that because the game does get kind of deep like that and dark like that. So just know that when you're watching it, we are going to get pretty serious and dark on this. Um, if you've seen a lot of my other gameplay too, we tend to joke around a lot. You know, we have a good time here, here when we play, just like anywhere. You know, if you're playing in person around a table or you're streaming, you have fun. And you're in character. You're immersive. You want to cosplay. You want to speak in the character voice. You want to role play as much as possible. But, you know, you're a player. You're a person. You're playing with friends. And you're going to joke around. You're going to have a good time and things like that in between. But... I'm going to remind everyone watching and the players that the, because of how this game is, uh, we're going to tone that down a little bit, uh, a little less joking around. We're going to take this a little more serious, and we're going to try to really paint a, a picture of uh, you know the vibe and genre that this game is. We really want to do it justice, um, so just keep that in mind. Um, that being said, uh, are there any sort of lines, veils, things uh, that I didn't mention that we should uh, mention. Otherwise, anyone can hit me up in private message. Um, or did I kind of cover all, all the main bases here? Or we, how's everyone feeling? feel pretty good. Yeah, yep. yeah I'm good. happy with the tone you've set out. Yep. Okay, yep, cool. all good here. Yeah, and again, like I said, the message is always open. Uh, so you can always DM me uh, any stuff we can get it going. Also, if we're in the middle of gameplay and we hit a sticky situation that just hits a little too close to home or something, you know, is, is rubbing you the wrong way. You can at any moment, just raise your hand and hold on. Eh, this scene is a little odd or whatever, you know, uh, just let me know. Uh, we can absolutely mend it as we go. Um, that being said, I should mention this game is very little crunch. It does have rules. It does have a way to handle skill checks, combat, all that sort of stuff. However, it recommends that you role play things out. If you can describe a scene, you can role play, you can play it out. Go with that. Create the story, uh, in character, make it as immersive as possible. And if you can avoid rolling dice and figuring out things with math, do it. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to, you know, I'm going to lay out the plots here as we get into my campaigns. And if you've seen my other streams, you know, I always try to put plot twists and interesting, like I said, moral dilemmas. Just I try to make it deep and give options and things like that. But in this case, I'm going to kind of have a plot in mind. We're going to lay out things, but I'm absolutely going to, uh, be as open as possible with the players uh, uh, creating the story with me. Uh, I'm going to lead the story, obviously, as the game leader, but uh, we're all going to create this together. We're all going to create scenes um, as, as a plot unfolds. If players are coming up with their, their ways that they think it works and things that we're creating parts of the story, we're going to go with that. We're going to lean into different ideas and stuff, and we're going to just see how how awesome we can create these campaigns and these stories and just see what we can, what we can do together collectively. So keep that in mind as well. Um, oh, Savage McNavage, re rewarding something pointless and random during session zero. I don't even know where to begin with that. That's, I think that would just mess with my players too much. I'm going to hold on to that for our session one. <laughs> That'd be too messed up. All right, so Shadows of Estrin. You're basically set in this peninsula. It's three kingdoms. Uh, the main king of all the land is dead. Successor is uh, not lined up. Uh, there's been uh, tragic situations where all three kingdoms are kind of at tension, kind of battling each other. They all kind of want that spot. You know, they all want to rule uh, the kingdom. The, the 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 land itself, the world, is is set in an interesting setting. Me and Phil were just talking about this and kind of figuring out the calendar situation because there is a 12-month calendar, 30 days uh, per month, and there are kind of seasons. There's harsh winters, short summers, but there's this overlaying sort of uh, climate blanket that goes on because uh, the entire thing is on an, an elliptical uh, rotation. And, uh, yeah, it basically uh, puts, what was it, a 440-year 
a cycle where it's like half yeah. winter, half uh, summer, or half heat. Um, so it, it gets intense. So like 200 years ago, there was like a mega, mega winter that like exactly decimated the population. It's called the White Famine. Yeah, it's really, really extreme. Oh, I love it. It, it. it just sets a tone that even, you know, before you get into character, town, city, drama, plots, whatever, uh, it just automatically weather and climate and just automatic setting is, is brutal and dangerous. Um, and, and the setting that we're starting in is just coming off of uh, a real brutal winter, obviously, within the yearly sort of cycle. Uh, we'll work out the months and those details when we start our session one. But the gist of it is we're going to come off of uh, uh, the winters. Winter's still going to be there, snow, but we're just getting out of that, um, getting back to, to travel and living and, and working and things like that. But we'll get into those details in session one. Um, I think it's important now that we've kind of covered lines and veils, the, the general idea of the game, that we let's dive into the characters. Uh, let's go into each character, and, and then after we get the descriptions and we all have a good feel for each of the character, I'll kind of give the idea of what I'm thinking to get everyone in the same place to, to be able to start session one collectively. So um, as we go around here, what I want to do is let's just do uh, you know one character at a time. Uh, we'll dive into um, the ethnicity, so whether you're an, uh, an OSAG, uh, Terish, Continental, or Tree Kazelian. Uh, we'll get into your social class, so commoner, clergy, nobility, that sort of thing. Your personality, we'll get into your qualities and your flaws, uh, advantages and disadvantages. And then mental health. I'd love to just get an idea of how many trauma points you're starting with and what kind of disorder you have. I know uh, you know, when you fail mental resilience stuff and you, and you uh, have these trauma points hit that are uh, uh, coming in, whether temporary or permanent, um, if you fail, you, you end up getting a disorder and you have to deal with that, whether it's like nightmares or paranoia or hallucinations, things like that. So I'd love to chat about that for just a moment too, and hear everyone's traumas, what these characters have been through if we could. Um, so let's get into it. Uh, Phil, you want to start it off with me? Yeah, let's go for it. Let's go for it. Yeah, let's get into it. And I think uh, what we'll do is uh, let's start it off with the, the, the proper way to pronounce your character's name, because I do want to let chat and everybody know that, uh, there's going to be a lot of names, a lot of cities, towns, things that are going to be kind of confusing to pronounce, and we might be figuring it out as we go. And then we're going to lock into how we're going to say it, and we're going to go with that because uh, it sounds like there, there, there could be multiple ways to kind of uh, uh, get this to happen. So, uh, Phil, how are we pronounce? Is it Nedweir? Nedweir, yes. I got it. <laughs> Nedweir. Nice. Ned Hard to make it. It's fairly simple. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a Varigal, which is, is kind of like the, yes. the nomad of Shadows of Estrin, right? Kind of a traveling. Kind of. Kind of. I, I mean, I think of the, the Tarish people in general as, as nomads. They're the kind of our, our, our kind true. of Romany thing. So Varigals have this very particular role where uh, everything in Estrin is extremely far apart. It's like a vast landscape. And most people live in like these little isolated villages because. Um, uh, there are horrible creatures out there that attack you if you if you go to the dark places of the world. So most people live in these these fortified villages, and the spaces between places are really vast. So you have these people called varigals, and their whole job is to guide people between towns and take messages between towns. So yeah, they have this very particular role in society where they they have a very dangerous job. But they're always needed. If you if you want to get somewhere, you need either to join a big caravan or you need a varigal to guide you. And and they have like a special ability as well that, that no one else has access to um, called side roads, where they know all of the back ways. 
They know all the shortcuts between places uh, so they can get you places, maybe not safely, but, but you know, competently because they can't oh, control yeah. everything. Uh, and the other thing they have access to is is called signs. So the variables have this their own little way of marking up the landscape and and leaving symbols for each other about where brigands or fiondas might be or or survival caches or things like that. So yeah, that's me. I'm a varigal, always useful. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I can guide you between places and bring you the news. Nice. What what's your ethnicity? I'm a Trikazelian, just a, a normal person of the of the peninsula, which is nice. And that most makes sense because yeah, you know the peninsula well. That's where you're born, raised, and traveling. That makes sense. What yeah. social class a, is Nedwin from? Nedwin. Uh, so um, I'm a commoner, but I, I went with craftsman for for just like a little bit of uh, extra flavor for, from um, kind of what I might have picked up from from parents before joining the Varigal lifestyle. Nice. All right, cool. And then what about, uh, let's get into your personality a little bit. If you want to discuss your, your qualities, uh, your qualities and your flaws, your advantages and disadvantages, just give us an idea of what he's like. Um, so, uh, it's interesting way, um, things are set out in this, your qualities come from, uh, depending on what you're strong and weak in, in terms of the five kind of personality traits. So um, I'm very high empathy, which you need for traveling because um, you're in tune with the world and, and kind of low on reason and conviction. And so what that shakes out to in my qualities is uh, my, my main quality, uh, adv- um, plus quality is that I'm independent, good for a variable. Um, they kind of uh, um, can, can get about on their own. And then inconsistent is, is the flaw, just... Just taking that that um, independence too far, where where he lives by his own kind of calendar, his own his own ideas, and so can't always be relied on because he's got his own thing going on. Nice. What about uh, you? Have any advantages and disadvantages? Uh, so I uh, went with a little survival instinct. Uh, just gives me some extra survival points to spend at the beginning of. Uh, of the uh, of the game, um, and uh, strong mind as well. Nice. I'm. Th- I have. I. I didn't settle on any disadvantages yet. I'm still tweaking that last yeah, little bit of my character. You can get some extra XP if you go for disadvantages. Exactly. But yeah, um, there's a whole yeah, I'm you know, just... give and take a uh, uh, sort of system there for advantages. Yeah, exactly. Disadvantage where you exactly. spend XP to get some advantages, you earn some by taking on disadvantages. And then you also have to take a minimum of, of certain based on the age too. You know, if you're older, you have more yes, disadvantages right. and benefits. Yeah, but it's absolutely perfectly fine. If anyone didn't finish the little polish, polishing touches here on your character, uh, just get it done by session one. Right now, let's just, you know, dive into these things as much as we can to get an mm. idea for the character. But sure, we can, we can you know... But because I'm 26, I do get two setbacks, as you say. Uh, being of a certain age, you get setbacks during your life, but you do get more experience in return. Um, so uh, there's a mysterious rumor hanging around my character as one of my setbacks, oh. um, which is cool because that relates to my other setback uh, I've decided, which is is violence in my past. So one definitive uh, trauma point with a painful, violent a horrible memory 
so I've decided that this is to do with uh, him leading an expedition, leading a bunch of people as a varigal uh, to a certain place. Um, I had the idea that that perhaps they weren't going from town to town, but they were sort of they were they were greedy treasure hunters, perhaps trying to find one of the towns abandoned uh, in the last like great winter. Um, but they uh, they came into some terrible circumstances, attacked by the Fionns, and everybody died, and it was basically his fault. Uh, he led them into this this terrible situation, and he was the only survivor. Uh, and that's also where the rumour comes from, is that he's actually not, you know, he's not to be trusted and, and, and can't get you places safely. So I love it. Yeah, but that, that has left its uh, psychic mark on him, uh, that he, he witnessed the, the slaughter at the hands of these these terrible creatures that we know very little about. Oh, yeah. And I'll get into a, a little bit about the Fiondas uh, once we get past all the character stuff and explain it for chat. And I also just want to back up a moment for uh, B.B. Swaggins there in chat because you said uh, you you're, uh, weren't familiar with the game, and but you, but you love the team, so you're here to check it out and stuff. And you know what? You're, you're here for the right... Uh, session. This is session zero, where you're going to get an idea for the game, uh, what the setting is. Like we said, it's a, a very low fantasy uh, medieval horror uh, set in Trikazel, the land of Trikazel, a peninsula. There's three kingdoms in that peninsula. But right now, we're just introducing the characters, so you can get an idea of kind of the role that they play, a Varigal in the case of Phil's character, Ned Weir. And then just going over the character stuff, obviously there's advantages, disadvantages, trauma that you go through that kind of set your trauma points leading to that sanity stuff that I was uh, describing earlier. Um, so, hey, just hang with us. You'll get an idea of all the characters, and then you'll be ready for our session one. Um, but, okay, cool. Let's talk a little bit. Uh, so a- any other uh, trauma points or any other uh, things to go over? Any things that have happened to Ned Weir? No, I think I think those are the kind of major events. I don't want to, to kind of do too deep a history. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, there's some really kind of good events there, like things that have happened before we start um, because, you know, the, there's a, there's adventure ahead. There's, there's, there's stuff ahead to, to fill in. So I felt that those kind of events were a nice starting point. Oh, I, no, I love that. And, and it's kind of cool uh, if any players want to hold on to, you know, one or two of their trauma things, have, have a story for at least one of them. But, uh, but if you do want to hold on a couple of those stories or develop them as we go, uh, you know, drop those into sessions when it makes sense or it comes in and you can spice up a moment or something like I'm all for that. That'll be fun. I, I really like that. Um, we'll kind of unfold it as we go. Uh, now, what about, uh, oh, okay. Well, yeah, you said, uh, the occupation, obviously Varigal, but you also said Varigal. a craftsman, you have a little bit of craftsman experience, right? You said. Yeah. Yeah. So that's nice. part of, um, uh, uh, the, the intro, you can see whether you're like a peasant commoner kind of thing, uh, and craftsman's kind of a, a division of, of the lower class commoner. So, um, I took a couple of extra points in, uh, the domains of uh, relation and erudition from that. So I think maybe the craftsmen I was I came from were perhaps maybe like parchment makers or or uh, something like a little a little bit more of a, a fine a fine craft that gave him uh, access to those sorts of uh, knowledge based skills before becoming a varigal. Nice. Uh, do you have a, a you know a family or hometown or like a home city or something where you're from or based out of? Or are you kind of traveling for work like typical Varigal and stuff or any background? Well, yeah, definitely been been traveling for a long time. You know, hometown is long forgotten. But originally from uh, the southern kingdom, uh, Talcare, um, in the the northwest corner. Which uh, let me just yeah, Talcare. 
Calcare. Yeah, so the uh, dukedom of Calois, uh, which is in the northeast corner, it's quite close to Rice, which I th- which is known for its um, uh, known for its like libraries and and study, which is where I got that kind of idea from, and also that close to the kingdom where like the uh, Magentists come from. Exactly. So I thought that might be, be a good way to, to kind of like link up the characters seeing as we have one of those. Yeah. Um, uh, as of, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I am going to bring up the map in session one. Uh, so everybody can mm. be familiar, but the peninsula basically has a Gwitter or, or a Gwidra, uh, Raish and then tail care, the three Raish. different kingdoms. Uh, and you know, we'll work out, like I said, the, those pronunciations as we get into session one. Uh, but I love the oh, fact like that you're you're in the southern, you're in kind of the, the northern eastern of the southern, because I, I am going to start us off in Ostabai, uh, the main capital of that, which puts you right near there. Yep. Um, and I've got some ideas for that. So that works for me. That's great. And I love that the Varigal, you know, long forgot his hometown for the most part, currently kind of working out of that area or whatever. But I love that vibe. Um, okay. Anything else that you want to add to that or are we good to move on? I think I think that's a it's a good uh, a good summary of me. I mean, unless anyone has any questions in the chat that they're burning questions. Yeah, feel free to chat. Character. Put any questions in chat for character. Keeping in mind that some we might not answer because, like I said, we might want to unfold some of these things as we play. Um, let let things be discovered and have some fun with that. But uh, yeah, let's move on. Bones, let's hear about your occultist. I don't even want to try to pronounce the name yet. Uh, just let us know. <laughs> Brakera. Brakera. It's a okay. rolled R Brakera. Nice. Um, well, to I mean to start off, she is an occultist. She is a Terish, which is a nomadic people. Um, everything that I've read about the Terish uh, sort of puts them clo- akin to uh, like Bohemians. Mm-hmm. Um, they're travelers, um, and, and Brakera is is not exempt from that whatsoever. Um, she is the daughter of a craftsman, um, but uh, as sort of parted ways from her family in um, strange and unusual circumstance. Oh. Nice. So we've got, uh, you know, Terish as the ethnicity. What social class? You said commoner? Uh, craftsman. Oh, cra- craftsman? Okay, perfect. Mm-hmm. And then what about... Uh, Let's get into some of that personality stuff, um, and then and then we can discuss some of the history and trauma. At least what you want to reveal sure. uh, initially, and then, like I said, feel free to hold on to some good, you know, little tidbits and stuff that we can unfold as we play. Obviously, but let's yeah. get into the personality a little bit. You know, your, your qualities, your flaws, your advantages and disadvantages. Um, so she's extremely inventive. I she's an intelligent woman. Um, but with that being said, her major flaw is she is an eccentric. She's very strange. Um, and and with that, it's almost like a, a, a madness within the brilliance. Um, she's just a very odd being. Um, and But I think she, she's earnest in this oddness. Um, but she, she is. She's just strange and bizarre and, and seems almost... Um, not uncouth, but a little bit uh, feral, for lack of better words. Nice. Yeah. I like that for an occultist. Yeah. 
She's very odd. I like her a lot. <laughs> nice. It fits, too, because an occultist, you know, they dabble in, you know, dream play where they can kind of get visions yes. and ideas from that that might, you know, un- reveal certain things or give ideas. They deal with, uh, like I said, hypnosis, which can be worked into therapy. Um, you know, they just have that sort of mysterious vibe to them. And, and I love that you're making uh, her eccentric a little bit, you know, a little bit odd. I like that a lot. Um, so, yeah, any other, uh, you know, uh, advantages or disadvantages you want to discuss? some stuff that i'd like to see kind of unfold as far as that goes um sure should i go ahead and reveal what her trauma is yeah well, go not for what, it. what causes it but um, yeah, yeah, she tell does us. she suffers from hallucinations um vivid uh visual hallucinations um and there's some reasoning behind that that um the party and that will chat will learn during session one i'm sure nice yeah let's not that's fine let's not let's not get too much more into it but i like that now we know she at least what her disorder is when she has those moments where she fails those mental resilience checks and such you know things get a bit much uh she might hallucinate a bit um yeah, anything that you want to bring up as far as, uh, you know, background? I know you said you kind of separated from family and stuff. Any any other things you want to uh, discuss about that or leave that also to kind of let unfold if people get into your family background and stuff? Uh, well, so her father was a scientist and, and wished to, to have her learn more traditional, rational ways of, of science within the world, but uh, she found very little interest in things outside of the metaphysical. Nice. So he was studying a magians, a magientist. Yes. That's very cool. So that, that's kind of, that'll be an interesting dynamic too, because we know Val is playing a magientist and there's always that little sort of, you know, potential for odd interaction between an occultist and a magientist because they're kind of opposite ends of the spectrum. Like, Oh, yes. you're, you're hoodoo voodoo. And Oh, you're so, you know, calculated. You're missing all this, spiritual information or interest you know right. stuff from the ether or whatever you know um no i love that and that's kind of cool that you have the the uh uh separation from family and that they were uh into uh magians and, and being a magientist that's really yes. cool uh, where where what part of the peninsula where are you from or currently residing and obviously i'm going to pull everyone uh to us to buy i've got some ideas but where where is she from where is she at Raish? did i say that yeah right? Raish. Yeah. yes she's from Raish originally um but she does not stay in one place for very long if she can help it okay very cool um yeah let's move on to uh steve uh hold on one second let me see if i can get this right is it Egan? it is yes Egan. Egan, that's a crazy spelling that that has to be some crazy <laughs> uh celtic nordic french lore something i don't know where that came that spelling came from but i love it <laughs> yeah you know, i just wanted to keep it simple <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but um, yeah, so Egan is um is a can't even pronounce this one. Is a um Osag, I believe it is. Yeah, Osag. Yeah. Um we are a um a fierce and proud people from the south of um of the continent. Um the, I suppose you could say almost the true descendants of, of the continent itself. Yeah. Um we are part of the kingdom, but we still kind of very fiercely hold to our ideals and our, our beliefs. And we live in um, kind of smaller communities, so kind of like clans of 30 to 200 people dotted all around a kind of a, quite a, a really rugged um, kind of terrain. Um, Egan is a, a hunter, and for much of his young life, 
he served his clan um, as a hunter and was very proud to do so. Uh, but he's actually quite an old man at this stage. Um, he's uh, 35 years old, which in, in this world that's is... That's old, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's putting him past it. I think in like the um, whole peninsula, there's probably only a few senior citizens. Like thir- in your 30s is considered like, you know, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, however, he no, he's no longer part of his clan. Um, for the last few years, he's served uh, within the, um, the Ingards, which are um, small kind of um, bastions dotted around the landscape that are there to try to to protect the lands and to deal with the um, Fiondas. So kind of hunting the Fiondas and trying to keep them at, at bay to, to protect people. Now, the ones that um, are kind of in there, there's a mixture. of So some of them are soldiers that are, are there to serve their, their crown. But for the vast majority of them, they're um, convicts, people who have committed um, kind of terrible deeds and have, have been sent to pretty much for a death sentence to go and serve within these places. Um, so there was a rumour around um, Egan of what it is that he did to be there because he's clearly no soldier. So yeah. that's the kind of where that side of it goes for him. Um, what uh, so? Yeah, what, what do you have listed for social class uh, being an OSAG and, and? So his social class. What do you mean as a, as a craftsman? But it's again because he's a, a hunter. Mm-hmm. So his crafting is literally as he's hunting. Yeah, I love that. Makes uh, sense. So kind of that kind of fit in there, um, and with that he's got good health um, and keen sight. So he's kind of very good on that. But living out in the wilds, he's got very very bad taste. So he can mm. eat or drink kind of spoiled foods, and it will do him bad. But he just won't notice the the poor yeah. taste. Of oh, okay, it. <laughs> he's he's kind of used to that. Um, he's also um, quite heavily scarred. Um, again, maybe that's from his time working at the Ingard or, or something else. But he's his face is quite um, kind of clawed and the, the flesh is quite marred. Um, so he definitely looks like he's served his years. Just try and throw through. Um, his main skill, obviously, is as an archer and he's very good at that and very proud. Um, and again, that kind of comes in with the fact that his flaws and his advantages, he's stubborn, but he also um, is very, very strong in perseverance. So even if something goes wrong, he'll just keep on trying and trying and trying until he gets it right, often to the, his own detriment or kind of the anger of those around him. Um, and that kind of, again, goes very strongly with the um, just the kind of how proud we are as a, as a warrior people. Um, he, his mental ish, uh, well, his mental state, I suppose, is he does suffer from hallucinations, which are kind of visions of um, events that have happened in the past, and they kind of come back to haunt him. So that's, um, that kind of affects him quite badly, in fact, because he has got quite a few trauma points already. Um, any any individual it? stories you want to reveal with any of those trauma points? Or you want to keep all of them kind of inside? Well, it's something I suppose we kind of come out more, but there is um, tragic love and solitude are two of his setbacks, and they kind of tie into maybe the reason why he was sent to that in guard in the first place. So that being cut off from his own clan, and almost like an outcast of his people. Oh, that's that's going to be having quite a strong effect on somebody who is, you know, as an Oscar, um The clan is all. Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe something that he's not too keen to talk about initially with just anyone. You know, it's a hard point for him. I like that. That's 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 deep. Um, and also, yeah. and just to remind everybody watching too, you know, we have lots of these traumas and deep disadvantages aside from advantages and all these you know conditions and and, and uh, 
you know, things like that. Um, uh, it's, it's a very role play heavy game. So, you know, the players are encouraged uh, to lean into those moments, you know, obviously don't overkill it. You don't want to, you know, overdo it and stuff, but, but you're using these things, you know, about these disadvantages and, and trauma moments and stuff to be able to spice up scenes and moments and role play that character, uh, you know, proper to how they, they would be based on these problems and conditions and stuff. Um, so I love it. So all players remember that, uh, you know, as going through it. Uh, what about uh, background stuff? Anything in particular you can obviously cut off from the clan? Uh, where exactly do, did you figure out exactly where the clan is? What about uh, family? I imagine in the 30s, you know, parents aren't alive anymore. Um, yeah. So I'd say he's, he's, his parents, um, they will have long since passed, but he's, he still has brothers and sisters um, that would be back at the clan. Um, and we're from the lands of um, Deus, which are part of the kingdom of Tarkir, I believe you say it, which is the lands to the south. Um, and it's where many of the Oscar kind of settle. Um, as I say, it's kind of very rugged terrain. Um, and I imagine that the Ingar that he serves at is probably kind of maybe on the border between there and the more northern kingdoms, which is obviously would then be a good way as well for for me to maybe be brought up to the to the city exactly for whatever reason being right, being right near Ostavai, that would work perfect yeah yeah because obviously you know cities is not somewhere that is his natural terrain and it's going to be very uncomfortable in them yeah exactly kitty look you're out in the wild and a cat just rolled up um <laughs> okay good now i think that's great uh let's take it over to val valerie tell us about uh luticia i see that she's a magientist uh let's start first uh with your ethnicity um, she's from the continental. Yeah, she's a continental. continent. Yep. Yeah. And what about social class? Uh, she's a noble, noble. She's very wealthy, noble family. Very high, highly educated. Uh, she's in good health. Very educated. Very, very book smart. Yeah. Tell tell us about some of her. You know, uh, qualities and flaws, advantages and disadvantages. Stuff. Well, like those that. are her advantages. So due to her, oh, she's 22 years old, um, just graduated. So due to her, her advantages being very book smart and all that caused with some disadvantages of being very weak because she's very indoorsy. <laughs> she doesn't go out. She's very in a, her little library and she's an only child. So they focus on her being very educated as a female mandigensis. So, and she's um, very fragile. So she got a paper cut. She's going to kind of go, oh, she don't know how to handle that <laughs> for a second. Um, and she had a lot of trauma in her young life. Those are her disadvantages. Um, yeah, any, yeah, any of the, uh, you know, any other advantages or disadvantages you want to discuss? And then if not, any other traumas you want to reveal? Obviously, you know, you can hold um, on to some if you want, but are there any you want to, you know, express? I have three traumas. Um, I have one that's very violent. Um, we can hold on to that one. I think that one would be very interesting to hold on to. Yeah, I would um, say I uh, share... the the one that you feel is, you know, kind of the most fucked up or whatever, the most messed up, maybe the one to hold on to, you know, maybe you wouldn't reveal so much. Maybe the the, the lightest one or, story, you know, maybe. Yeah, I'll hold on to two of them. I, I will do the lightest one because that one, like, actually happened recently. Um, through her graduation, after that, she went out with her fellow students and as we were coming, returning from the pubs, and it was our first time going out, um, we actually were robbed. Um, and as through all that was going on, I actually was stabbed. So to all that blood and 
gore and all that, I was actually left by my students, all my fellow classmates just left me there. So I woke up the next morning still in the gutter. So that was one of my traumas. <laughs> Not so. That. That's the lightest story. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's the lightest one. Exactly. Yeah, so I do have two other ones, but I'll hold on to those. Um, yeah. So do with us trauma. Um, I do my uh, disorder is obsession. Nice. So if I my method resilience, I become obsessed with whatever what's going on with that situation. Which kind of plays into your advantage too. Um, I think when you sent me your sheet, I saw it was focused. Yeah, it's focused. Which is your advantage, um, and then your disadvantage is... Uh... Disadvantage, I'm very cautious. Very, very cautious, and I over overly cautious with Oh, that's things. right. Overly cautious. Yeah, yeah so it, it sounds probably... like... Sounds like... What were we going to say? Probably what? It probably will be a little um, annoying to other people. <laughs> so there'll probably be a lot of repeating of herself and trying to draw a point, because she's... She took social skills. She didn't do military like everyone else did. She did take classes to learn her social skills, so... She's looking forward to learning and doing that with other people. Like actually, actually field testing some of those social skills yeah, you read actually, about, right? Yeah, actually interacting with other humans besides books. <laughs> right. Now, it sounds like uh, Leticia, you know, book smart and stuff. Maybe maybe learn some social skills by reading, wanting to finally get out there and, and try them out. Um, but yeah, it fits, fits in with the Magientist in the sense of, uh, you know, uh, you're, in, you're an indoor adventurer right you're a... yeah i'm an indoor cat <laughs> exactly much. yeah you uh you you you're, you spent most of your life in the studies and at the university and stuff i think uh what about background what about uh family and where you're from uh any of that sort of stuff um raz race 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 yeah from race and uh oh i don't even know how to pronounce it cat uh, the city that yeah, the region was Kai... Kalvanak? Kalvanak, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's here in the pronunciation guide, and I know it because I saw it on your sheet, and I had to look it up. Um, so, yeah, it's Kalvanak. Uh, that's where you're from, yeah. Kalvanak. Um, and that's yeah. up in Raish, uh, and that's a, a bit north of Ostabai, so that also fits kind of in being at least nearby. So everything so far is aligning with what I, what I have in mind so far. Yeah, and we're first generation, so we're the first plan to be there so we don't know much about the rest of the family the history of my grandparents but we're the first generation there oh so first uh, so you're the first born into uh tree Cazelle. yes and both my parents are medjugorjes so nice okay very cool um all right and i love that we're holding on to something everyone's holding on to a little bit of something you know we'll we'll learn more about characters as we go Hey, one ghost. Thanks for uh, the follow. Appreciate that. Um, so, Raquette, Raquette Fox. Let's hear about. Is it Morena, Morena or is it a hard R? Morena. How, how are you pronouncing? Morana. Morana. Okay. Morana. Cool. Yeah. yeah tell so... us. Let's start with uh, you know the eth- ethnicity and social class first. Yes. Um, she is a commoner. She is a terish. Um, your your friendly local rogue, um, and I can tell that she and. Um, Luciana are going to be friends, dot, 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 ellipses. Uh, Luticia? Luticia. I wrote all the names, but they're on the back of my sheet. So oh, yeah. We'll have to get, we'll get, we'll get used to all the pronunciations as we get through uh, session one. Maybe by session 10 or 12, we'll get things right with the pronunciations for each other. <laughs> but, yeah, go on. Yeah, go on. 
Uh, yeah, so uh, she is a commoner, though, and she actually grew up uh, an orphan on the streets uh, as a, basically your, your street urchin um, and really fending for herself, kind of becoming really self-reliant uh, whenever the time came. She was able to forge the necessary papers to do her military service, thinking that maybe, maybe that would lead to a happier life. It did not. <laughs> it would, in fact, not lead to a happier life. <laughs> what is this happy life you speak of? I know. This is Shadows of Esteran. Barely, I don't think there is a happy life anywhere to be found on this peninsula. Um, I'm sorry, this, this word, ha, ha, happy? <laughs> exactly. What about, uh, what about her, uh, you know, being a rogue, it makes sense, you know, uh, living on the streets and just, you know, having to get by and fend for yourself and, you know, maybe take sometimes to, to survive. But what about uh, any qualities, flaws, advantages, and disadvantages? Yeah, so her quality is that she is daring. Uh, she'll, she'll do almost anything at any moment. Uh, and likewise, her flaw is that she's rebellious. She'll do almost anything at any moment. <laughs> um, so that's kind of her deal. And she, after her military service, she... Getting into the rogue lifestyle, she actually started working as, you know, bodyguard sometimes, mercenary sometimes. So she's comfortable enough um, just in terms of financial stability and things like that. But she's still pretty wears everything, wears everything pretty close to the uh, close to the chest, as it were. Nice. What about uh, you said uh, where where is she currently? Like, where is she based out of? Is she still where she kind of grew up on the streets or has she moved from there? Like, where, where are you at? So she's originally from um, Ostrovail, uh, from Koskin, the coastal city of debauchery and danger. And I think that's where she tends to return as a base, but she kind of just moves about um, if she hears of, you know, somebody who's looking for a bodyguard or somebody who needs a little bit of an offing somewhere, uh, she'll, she travels for work. So mercenary work. Nice. That is correct. <laughs> No, I love that. Uh, any any traumas that you want to indulge in? Or you want to hold on to all of them? Maybe reveal one or you got anything? Drama, you say? Uh-oh. Well, um, I would say one that's probably a pretty easy one for her, question mark, um, would be that when she was young, um, getting to the point to where she was so hungry um, and there you know, the the normal spots of refuse and such were a little light that day. Uh, she ended up having to eat, uh, kill and eat a creature from the streets. Oh. That can be traumatic. It wasn't great, but she, she also did not develop a taste for anything, much like some of our wonderful comrades. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. All right. Well, and we'll let the other traumas kind of unfold like we're doing with the other characters, you know, in gameplay over time. We'll see, uh, you know, how personalities unfold and what's causing it. And just let the we'll let everyone role play that out as they would. Um, yeah. So just to recap a little bit for chat's sake and players, uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a 
dark game. You know, it's a, it's a medieval horror sort of themed game. It has a bit of a dark romanticism vibe to it, but, um, you know, it's, it's a low fantasy, dark vibe. Uh, you know, aside from humans being enemies, obviously, like you, Lutetia getting mugged and stabbed, right? Um, there's bad people out there, and in between the, these towns and cities, you know, anything can happen. Um, and there, there's always that human element of, you know getting done in by your fellow man, right? But there's also these things called Fiondas that you, that maybe uh, you've heard mentioned a couple times in here uh, from our players. Fiondas are kind of like the evil creature of the land. Think like a demon. They're basically uh, an evil entity that's been here before the, the humans and people were in this land, and they'll be here long after uh, the humans are going to be here. They're uh, a mystical sort of evil entity um, that, that there's very little known about. Uh, when they do appear in their sort of humanoid form, they almost resemble this sort of orcish humanoid being, but not any two are the same. They wear these weird sort of bone masks, things, and again, not anyone is the same, but that's only when they appear in that humanoid form, which is, it tends to be rare. Most of the time, uh, They'll be kind of part of the elements. They'll be part of the environment or the area or whatever situation they might be causing. So it's very, it can be confusing. And, and sometimes things can be unexpected when it comes to dealing with Fionda. So I just want to let that be known. Uh, so chat and players know just how diverse and flexible and fucked up Fiondas can be. And it's dangerous. And you never know what to expect. Some of them are like creatures. Exactly. Like weird creatures never yeah. seen before. And they're like, sometimes they just mass up and attack villages. Oh, yeah. No one knows why. Yeah, that's the other thing uh, to make a key point of. Good, I'm glad you brought that up is the fact that, you know, it, like I said, they're confusing, little known about them. Uh, one thing's for certain, they seem to hate humans and civilization. They don't like the expansion of humans into the rest of the world and environment. They don't like cities being built. They don't like things that Magiantists do by creating flux, which is kind of the fuel to their artifacts to kind of power their tools and things. Um, so, yeah, they might attack uh, humans just because they hate them. They might... Uh, uh, you know, kind of swarm up and, and try to attack a whole town or city or situation or, or, or a group traveling, or they could be individual. You know, they're, they're also known to be kind of solo and do their own thing. But, um, but again, very unpredictable. Uh, and I think that's the scariest thing about them is that they're hard to define and they're unpredictable. So, uh, that's kind of the scariest thing out there because you, you can't plan for that. You just don't know what to expect. You just got to deal with it when it happens. Um, so that's kind of the gist of the enemies, the creatures, the Fiondas, that sort of side of it. Um, and you heard me mention Flux. Uh, let me just dabble a little bit in that uh, because there is a, you know, like I said, there's low fantasy. So Magiantists, they have their equivalent of like magic are in the form of these artifacts, these tools and items. Uh, like, for instance, Lutetia has uh, those optic uh, uh, glasses uh, an, an artifact, basically, that when powered with flux, and there's four different types of fluxes, uh, which is extracted from either minerals and earth or like vegetation, uh, organic stuff or fossil flux. Um, and there are different levels of power. Different artifacts are powered by different fluxes. You can mess them up if you use the wrong flux. But um, that's how you power these items. And when she powers uh, her glasses there, uh, she can use it in one of two ways to either be kind of like uh, microscopic vision. Uh, like a microscope to see little details and try to get clues and information. Um, or it can be used uh, as a sort of night vision uh, so she can see in the night. Uh, so you get an idea of Magiantist, and there's all kinds of tools and art artifacts, I should call them, that are powered by this flux. Uh, and then there's things called Demortens, which are kind of like the equivalent of a druid. Uh, they deal with runes, and they can kind of 
do some magic sort of things, basically calling on the elements and spirits and things like that. They're kind of respected in the old way of thinking in Tree Gazelle, the land, this peninsula where everyone's living in uh, shadows of Esteran, because they're the old school. Um, the new school is the Magiantist. They're kind of like the, the mage, magician, scientist sort of thing, uh, sometimes frowned upon uh, because it's the modern tech uh, sort of thing, even though they're helping society. You know, they're the reasons uh, there's the, the big elevators to get to the different levels at Astabai, the big main capital city of Tail Care. Um, so there's useful things that they use them for. But uh, again, the Morthans uh, are kind of the old school uh, druid magic sort of version, the opposite of a Magiantist. And then there's the temple. Uh, there's people that come from the temple that can uh, call upon miracles, which, again, are their form of sort of magic, and they might be able to pull a miracle a day, so to speak. Um, there's different uh, levels and things within the temple. Um, and then out of the three parts of Tree Kazel, the land broken up into the three kingdoms, they're typically from uh, different parts, like the Osag and the Old School, the Demorthans. They're typically in the south in the Tail Care, the more embedded part of the peninsula over uh, by the sort of uh, traveling side and the... Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, Gwitter is kind of, uh, I guess that's how we'll pronounce it, Gwitter, Gwitter. Uh, that's kind of where the temple is, is where they traveled in with the one true God and where all the templists and that sort of uh, society is based out of. And then up in Raish, which is connected to the rest of the continent, uh, where this peninsula comes from, Raish is kind of where Magiantists are from, which is understandable, traveling in from the continent, bringing in modern scientists and new ways of thinking. Um, so that's kind of how it got broken. over in some airships didn't they the magiantists oh, yeah. a massive mountain range separating them oh exactly so they they, they arrived in these 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 airships like oh we're here now <laughs> exactly yeah and that, yeah we should mention that too the big cliff drop off in the mountain separating from the continent you know this whole peninsula is kind of isolated in its way um so it has all this turmoil and almost like this whole world going on within this peninsula um so it's pretty awesome uh, and obviously more lore, more things will unfold as we play. We'll kind of uncover things as we go. Uh, in session one, I'll bring up the map. I'll always bring chat involved and, and let, give you some visuals as we go. But for the most part, this is going to be theater of the mind. This is going to be very heavy role play, very little crunch. And like I said, we're all going to contribute to the story and we're going to go with it. We're going to feed off of each other and just see what kind of awesome campaigns and stories and plots we can create together. Um, yeah, I think that pretty much covers all the characters, the lines and veils stuff, the major uh, ideas of the land and the setting of Shadows of Asteran. The one thing I want to go over is how we're pulling everyone together. Um, I want to start everyone in Ostabai, which is the main capital of Hail Care. It's kind of in that northern of the southern uh, kingdom. Um, what I'd like to say is this. Uh, uh, Mar Marana? 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 Uh, Marana. Morana, let's say uh, you're already there. You said that you kind of frequent Astabai. Maybe you're kind of based out of there. It's it's the biggest city of the peninsula, you know, and you're there just making some money, doing rogue things, some thieving, some back alley workings, you know, little espionage things, maybe a little, uh, you know, assassination stuff. Uh, you're just doing some street work, like a typical rogue out of there. We can say that um, uh, uh, Ned Weir... Is that right? I want to make sure I get everybody's names right. Ned Weir. Ned Weir, uh, being a Varigal makes sense. I mean, Ned is fun. <laughs> or Ned, yeah. You, uh, you, you ended up in Ostabai because uh, in between the, the traveling and doing typical Varigal stuff, you've gotten word um, on your last job that uh, apparently one of the main uh, uh, Varigal outposts uh, in Ostabai that kind of 
uh, people go to to hire Varigols to send messages and bring goods, travel things, stuff like that. Um, they put out a, a, a big need uh, for new Varigols to come in. Um, they have current situations that they, they need immediate help with, um, and they're putting out you know double pay for any Varigol that can get there immediately and kind of help out with the current job situation. You got word of that. You have no idea what it's about, but hey, double pay. You're in between gigs, so you headed into Astabai to see what's up with that. Um, I'd like to say, Madonna, uh, same thing. You know, you saw that same sort of job posting for this. You're you're not a Varigal, but in that job posting, it said, uh, you know, Varigals come in, double pay, and they're also looking for other forms of travelers and adventurers to team up with the uh, Varigals that they put together, um, that they're trying to put together a sort of uh, a team to kind of handle the current job situation that they're uh, hiring Maybe for. looking for some bodyguard situation. What, yeah, escorts, whatever it is. It just seems like it's not the typical Varigal thing. They're putting out this sort of immediate, like, hey, double pay, we need to take care of this, we have a job sort of thing. And you're right there. You've seen it. So you went into the main uh, outpost office there in the city. Um, I'd love to see, uh, you know, Luticia, a sort of, you know, life decision like you talked about you've been as we joked an indoor cat you know you kind of been indoor in all your studies up there in let's get the pronunciation right calvernac 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 Calvernac. um you're up in calvernac you just finished your studies you graduated not too long ago maybe just a couple years ago and uh, dealt with that trauma and things but you've been settled in you've healed from that long since then you've been doing your studies you've done your social studies you kind of want to get out into the real world and try out some of your skills and an adventure and your family's all for it it's kind of a rite of passage thing your parents adventured off into the peninsula when it was their time just like your grandparents are from the continent now it's your time to adventure from there it seems like every generation of this they're kind of known to learn the tech learn as much as you can from the current knowledge of sciences being a magientist and then get out into the world and spread that as much as you can, you know, and learn and do what you can. So let's say that that's what you're doing and it's a life decision to kind of head out and do that. And what what better place than to go to Astabai? Uh, it's the capital. It's the biggest city of the peninsula. You're sh- certain that if you get there, you can find something to do. And it, there just happened to be uh, from Con- Convener. What, what was the pronunciation? I, I'm going to keep getting that right. Uh, Cal... Calvernac, Calvernac. Uh, there's a caravan going to Astabai currently, uh, bringing supplies, and everyone caravans up. And that's something to mention. Uh, the travel is very dangerous, so typically people don't travel alone. You might see a Varigal doing it. Uh, you know, they can kind of handle it. Back roads being sneaky, just getting around. But most people travel in caravans and together. Sometimes they'll even travel with an enemy. You know, someone from the temple might travel with an occultist, with a magientist, with you know, they'll mix and match because they know safety and numbers. You know, they might battle with each other. The three different kingdoms and the different occupations and styles of people but collectively as humans you have to deal with with the elements and you have to deal with feondas so they do come together during travel so you hopped on the recent caravan and made your way to Astabai and you got there and you know on the first day you saw the pin notices of uh, jobs needed at this Varigal outpost and they need all kinds of uh, adventurers, travelers, and people to put together a, a diverse team to handle the current job situation. Uh, double pay is listed, and what a great place to start. Maybe some adventure, maybe something to do. So you're going to head to that uh, uh, variable outpost as well. I'd love to take, uh, is it Ogan? Steve? Egan. 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 All right, I'll get these right, I promise. Egan. Egan. Uh, <laughs> Let's say uh, since you're nearby there, you know, you're, you're kind of up in that area coming off of the winter, um, you know, you, you've been laying low in, in the village that you currently have been in, but you're a hunter. Uh, you've been posted up at the end guard helping uh, in between. But now that's kind of ending in the season. 
So normally you would get back to hunting. And now that they're coming out, you're coming off the winter, um, you know, you know, you could head over to Astabai and do some hunting in the woods right around there on the way there and probably sell things, sell your wares and, and make some money. Even though it's still trailing off winter, it's kind of hard to, to get, uh, uh, you know, good livestock and things out of the woods and out of the area. You know, things are, uh, animals are still hibernating. It's still winter, but it's trailing off of that. And, you know, at least if you get to the big city, you know, just the uh, uh, tech from the city, the amount of people, uh, the surrounding area tends to thaw out a little bit faster than than just the solid nature sort of spans of, of, of land in between. So you kind of headed to the big city. And when you got there, you sold the things that you hunted, maybe made a little extra uh, dowels. Uh, which is the the name of the currency uh, in shadows of Esteran. But uh, but then you get there and and you're about to head back out, do a little more hunting. When you saw that double pay post, uh, we need all kinds of, of people and travelers and adventurers to uh, team up. We have a, some Varigal jobs, and it doesn't matter matter if you're not a Varigal. Double pay. We have some uh, jobs that need to get handled right away, and that interests you. You know, it's it's going to be at least a couple more months. Uh, well, a few more months of this winter trailing off, and it's a lot of work to hunt during that time. So this sounds like double pay, maybe maybe a little easier to hop in and make some money. So you too headed down to that Virigal outpost uh, to see what kind of job you could pick up. What was that? Only thing I'd add is he's he probably heard about the job of the Virigals rather than saw the notice because he cannot read at all. I like that. He is totally illiterate. Yeah, yeah, let's make that clear. It's a good point to make so we get that idea. Um, yeah, so you, you caught rumors of it, uh, maybe uh, sitting at the local pub after selling and just bullshitting with other OSAGs that maybe have traveled through here, other hunters that are also talking about the elements, having a hard time, and they mentioned that they were thinking about maybe going to do that, maybe not, and in your head you're like, fuck, double pay, I'm going there first thing in the morning, <laughs> you know? Um, so, Braquera, Braquera, right? You got it. Braquera. All right, cool. So, you too... Uh, you're, you're traveling, but weren't you based right out of Ostabai? Uh, the Raish. Or Raish, that's right. Uh, yeah, what I would love to do, because uh, I would love to connect a couple people here, and it would kind of make sense, uh, a couple things here, that maybe, um, maybe Marana and Egon, Egon, Egon. Yep. Egon. maybe Egon and Marana, Maybe you two ran into each other at the pub, got to talking about this gig. You're kind of debating on it. You know, uh, maybe it's something like that. Like you ran into each other in, in the city. Um, but I would, I, you know, think about that. Let's come back to that. Think about, you know, may, maybe something there. Um, but Lutetia and, and uh, Braquera, you, you could absolutely be on the same caravan, being that you're both coming from race. You're both heading down. Lutetia kind of life change to set out write a passage thing and Brakera maybe just a sort of traveling occultist thing like let me get down to the big city there's a caravan going let me see what i can get into there uh and and during that caravan you know because you're going to travel for days uh, if not a week i need to look at the distance um but during that time you got to talking with Leticia. You met each other. Maybe there's a little, a little teasing and butting heads there. Magentus versus occultist, the clash of spectrum. But you are traveling together and killing some time talking for a week. Um, so maybe there's something there too where you two are familiar. So think about that for a moment. Um, Ned, you're going to be the solo, uh, just like you are in the Cyberpunk Red game, right? You're a Varigal <laughs> and you're traveling alone. You're going to meet everyone when the gig starts. So you're you're a little more. Uh, uh, self-contained and, and it makes sense. What well, goes with my independent traits. Exactly. Exactly. So I like that. So let's go back over to Marana and Egan. Let's just see. Uh, what do you guys think? Do you, do you want to know each other first, run into each other in the city at a pub or something? I think it would kind of make sense being Egan 
OSAG, lower level, you know, hunter, can't read and write in the big city. And Madonna's a rogue, so she's more street and maybe gets down. Oh, yeah, and she yeah. she did not learn to read either. Oh, okay. <laughs> growing up how she did. So I imagine they might frequent the same places to uh, get news of what kind of jobs are available. And- yeah. I imagine you do because the type of places that he would frequent that will actually allow him into the bars and, and that will be the kind of the more rougher areas of the town. And so, and not being familiar or comfortable in the city, actually meeting somebody who knows the city would definitely be a benefit. Oh, I like that too. So, yeah, I like that. Maybe there's something where, you know, you met when you first went in there selling your stuff, maybe at one point at one of the markets, Madani even overheard, uh, you know, some guy kind of working a deal with you, kind of ripping you off a little or doing something that you couldn't pick up because you can't read and write. She can't read and write, but being from the city, she's aware of that sort of scam or something. Maybe there's something there and she stepped in and was like, Or aware of this particular person. Yeah, something (laughs) like that, you know, and kind of helped him out. And and then that let Egan know like, well, holy shit, okay, well, she seems cool. Like, and he start talking to her. Maybe something like that, you know? Because like I said, I would love to tie in at least a couple of these characters so they kind of know each other, they trust each other. That when we all team up, there's at least some trust and friendliness within it, you know? Even if it's not everyone, just a couple here, a couple here, you know? Um, so maybe something like that. And uh, feel free. Let's do that. Let's make that the the, the, the the gist of the story. But from now until session one, uh, you know, out of character, Rockette Fox, Steve, uh, you two maybe message each other in the group chat that we have set up in Discord for this team. Or privately, if you don't want the rest of the team to know if there's like things you'll reveal along the way, but maybe create that little, you guys have been getting along for the past week in the city before you heard of this Varigal job thing. And maybe there's something there. I don't know. Think if anything, or it's just as light as what I described, but talk yeah. to each other about that. So by session one, we can bring that to life a little bit, maybe. Yeah, um, sure. And then back over to Leticia and Bracada, Bracada. What do you what do you two think? You're on the caravan. You're going to be traveling, you know, almost a week, a handful of days just to get to Ostabai. I imagine you two would get to chatting. You guys want to maybe yeah. maybe be friendly over that? Like I said, there's it's never going to be perfect because a Magiantus and a Cultist obviously are opposite ends of the spectrum. Not as bad as like Temple versus, uh, you know, Magiantus are opposite, but it's definitely you know that uh, older school, you know. Uh, like to the Magentus, that voodoo thinking, magic stuff, whatever, hoodoo, voodoo, whereas the occultist might look at you as just being a book smart, like you, you have no idea what's really going on in life. Like she sees through the elements and stuff. You know what I mean? Like you both kind of mm. maybe tease each other, but I would like oh, to yeah. have some type of friendship there if we could. That'd be kind of fun. What do you two think? Yeah, I think with, with me learning my social skills, I think one of the one things that she should learn is um, how to give a compliment. So she's probably going to be like, oh, I like your outfit and like very awkward. So I think that's how she'll start. But she won't write off off the back say that she's a Mengiantis or she's noble. She would definitely go the more very calm and very like, oh, I like what you're wearing. Where are you traveling to? And just start the story off that way because she's very awkward. I... I, I really like that she's awkward. I really do because Brickera is just weird. She's just strange. She's just very like uh, out of pocket. Um, and if she, you were to come to her and, and say some sort of compliment, whether on her clothes or the way she looks or whatever, she would just, her head might implode. Um, but in a, in a way where she's just like, yes, and then latches on to you immediately and wants to talk to you forever. And you're never, ever, ever getting away from her because she just really likes you. I like um, 
She's yeah, and I feel I feel strange. like I'll take it to it as like a, a science experiment almost. Like, oh, oh no, I okay. love that. And I start taking notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. But the I whole like... time I'm just in a journal. Just, <laughs> just today, Brickara did this. Yeah, that yeah. Was strange. <laughs> no, I, I love that, exactly. and I, I I like too that maybe Leticia doesn't reveal her nobility or that she comes from money and things like that, or that she's a magiantist. But to, she doesn't say it. She thinks she's. You know, not telling, but to everyone, it's 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 got to be fucking obvious. Between the, yeah. you have slightly nicer clothes, you speak a yeah. little bit more proper, you're a little more, you know, for lack of adjectives, like a little more nerdy or whatever, a little more book smart <laughs> sound, you know, like a little less weathered and street smart. Not, not very ratty. And, and you've got no, an, yeah. and, and you wear your artifact. I mean, it's very obvious you have an artifact up there. I mean, yeah. Imagine if she gets squeamish at just a small injury too. Yeah. What, what was that, Madonna? Like, uh, I, I imagine if she gets squeamish at a small injury as well, that yeah, would be exactly. a, a quick yeah, tell. Part of her trauma. For sure. Yeah. I, I, well, I, I think that works. Be, I think the nice thing with Brickera is um, there's that nice medium because of her background. She knows enough to read. She isn't, she's, she's literate, you know, um, but she's not by any stretch a, a noble. Um, and so she can kind of maybe beat that middleman between her and and the rest of the party and be like, oh, I like that. God, she means this. Oh, I like that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that a yeah. lot. Yeah. So let's do this. Um, you know, from now till session one, if, uh, you know, out of character, Valerie and Bones, if you two have ideas to kind of solidify a little fun, quirky things, something with that, talk to each other in the group chat or privately if it's something that you want to reveal, you know, as you go or something. But I love that. Just like you said, uh, Brickera, uh Bones, how you said how, like, she might be kind of like the translator at times when Leticia just doesn't socially get a moment. No, no, no. She, she's not being rude. She just means, you know, or whatever it might be. Maybe there's something there. But, um, yeah. but why don't you two talk about that uh, till session one, see if you can kind of flesh that out a little. That'd be great. And the same thing, uh, Rocket Fox and Steve, if you can flesh out that a little bit. And then, uh, Phil, just uh, from now till session one, talk to yourself. Flesh yourself out. <laughs> Absolutely, yep. Nothing against Phil, but right, it's his character. A long you know? essay. Yeah, it's it, it's it's. I'm independent, character. exactly. But I also have like the. It's easy to fit me in because if you if we need to go anywhere, you need a guide. Well, so but, yeah, the I thing think is, that, is, you know, you're the you're the key to the team because here's here's what's up. I was waiting to find out what your occupation was because I had an NPC that was a Varigal because every team mm. needs a Varigal to travel and to kind of. Do. So I was going to have a Varigal NPC that I was going to play to lead you all. But then you picked a Varigal. I was like, perfect. You're you're the one. You're the traveler. Easy, you're, easy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you, you're just leaning into the character. So it's um, uh, trust me, chat, I'm not being mean by not giving Phil any friends with the other players. It'll develop over, over the, the missions. Well, in, in a way, <laughs> it's even better for me because I get to learn all about the other characters from role play, exactly. which is great. You yeah, know, they're yeah. all strangers to me. You have your little connections, and for me, I can I can tease out all those little things from you guys. So I like to play that role. It's very cool for me to be a stranger to you all and curious and, and bring all that out. So hell yeah, well put. I think that's awesome. Um, okay, I think we've got it. We've got uh, you know our lines and veils. Like I said, you can uh, send me a private DM if there's anything else that we need to cover that I should know about your preferences of gameplay and stuff. Oh, speaking of gameplay, that is, that is one thing I want to go over. I have you know the first plot, the general idea. We know the vibe of Shadows of Asteran and the aesthetic, all that stuff. But I do want to just go around the table real quick and just get a feel um, for your preferences. Uh, like I said, I have an idea with the first uh, campaign and you know we'll develop as we go. But I'm curious, um, as players uh, you know, playing your character, would you be interested you know, uh, more into city life, uh, town life, nature, woods, mountains, boats in the sea, 
um, you know, what kind of direction? Because obviously, like I said, I've got an idea for the first campaign, but I would just like to hear everyone's kind of preference. If you had something in mind, if you don't have something in mind, don't feel obligated to come up with something on the spot. But if you were thinking like, ah, I kind of would like to explore city life stuff and adventures or more nature and traveling or more woods or, uh, yeah, let's, let's get out to the sea and get on a boat maybe or, you know, or get up to the mountains and do something up there. What's everyone thinking? Uh, Val, what, what, anything in mind at all? Or is it we just open free game? Um, a boat sounds interesting. Okay, cool. What about Phil? Well, uh, I feel like my characters are very much geared to, to being out in nature uh, and traveling between places. So, yeah, I, I definitely want to travel and, and see the wilds of the world and, and, and experience its dangers and its mysteries uh, more than I want to kind of spend time in towns and, and stuff like that. Although, you know, little interludes in town is a great way to, to sort of, you know, put the character out of its element. Uh, as well so while I don't want to spend all my time in towns and cities um, I'm not you know completely firmly against it but yeah I want to explore the side roads and and guide people through the dangerous wilds oh yeah no I'm excited for that too because as you've seen in the rule book um, and there's there's bunch of different books to shadows of a stare and everyone check out uh, studio agate to check out everything that they put out but just even in the book one uh like you can kind of see in the maps and it, uh you haven't seen book two there's some you know game leader stuff that i'm looking at that maybe you all aren't looking at as players but they lay out the map in all these like little uh locations as little adventure seeds so there's all these towns and cities but then there's these little landmarks and things that like you might stumble across with little descriptions that i can kind of take and give to you and we can kind of bring it to life and like i'm excited to see where this goes you know but i like that okay uh bones what are you thinking uh i like a nice hearty mix uh i i i like to be in the cities i i like the dark alleyways and and the uh more bureaucratic almost like politically charged stuff but i if, if anything and then but i also really enjoy the adventuring and traveling part of it as well i feel like there's a lot of good opportunity to that awesome very cool steve any preferences yeah so i mean obviously as a um oscar and as a hunter i'm very much geared towards the wilderness um although i'm, I'm certainly no uh, i can never say this the mothran so the, the kind of the mothran the, the, the more kind of druidic people my skills are all based around nature, so I understand herbalism, botany, and the natural oh, cool. world. Um, so I'm kind of like as, as close as I could be to being one of those without actually being one of those. That said, I do like the challenge of actually being in a city which is totally out of his environment and literally being somebody who is very stubborn and proud in an environment that he does not understand what's all. Nice. So. No, I like that a lot. Um, and uh, Rockette, what do you think? Yeah, I think thus far I pretty much agree with everyone else. Like, definitely some time in the wilderness, the spaces in between, and uh, I think some city play would be a little bit fun as well. Okay, cool. Now that's perfect. Uh, we'll do a well-rounded thing, but at least I got an idea of some preferences, some things you're kind of looking forward to exploring and stuff like that. And then, like I said, we'll just see where the travels take us because you're going to stumble across things that you know we'll read on the map and you, you'll either leave it or you'll side arc it or we'll give meaning to it or we'll continue on like i'm really excited to see kind of how we can develop these stories together um just like i said i'm gonna lay out plots and ideas and kind of little seeds and stuff myself um but i'm gonna uh you know be extremely open-minded uh to a collaborative here for all of us to really lean into the role-playing storytelling uh that shadows of a staring uh 
promotes. It's it's what they want. It's what the game system is based around. Uh, the crunch is secondary. You know, the, the the rules and the math are and dice are secondary to creating an awesome story together. Um, so that's what I want to do. Um, awesome. I think we nailed session zero, team. I think we did awesome. <laughs> nice, uh, nice. Chat, thanks so much for uh, tuning in. Uh, I did not forget that something pointless and random. I was so wrapped up in Session Zero and learning the characters, talking about the land, the game, I completely forgot to play the Sirenscape oh Shadows of Asteran sound set that we all linked up to. I got it open, and I just realized <laughs> I never hit play. I have it open, yeah. I totally wanted to rock those sounds because uh, Steve and the team there at Sirenscape literally made sound sets for Shadows of Asteran. It has the individual (laughs) songs. And I should mention that. The team at Studio Agate, uh, they they put out uh, albums, a comic book. Uh, they have a, an art book with all the art from the different uh, books. I mean, it's it's amazing. And uh, it's the beautiful. music they put out with the atmosphere and stuff. And then Steve and the team at Sirenscape has now translated that into the system. Uh, so I will rock that uh, starting on <laughs> session one and moving forward. Like I said, I think I was just so excited to learn the characters and, you know, have this chat. What was that, Steve? I was going to say, they also make a fantastic beer called Fiondas. Oh, yeah. We, we definitely oh, need to see if we can get some bottles for us to drink during a session. We should. We should get them to send us some. <laughs> That's funny. Send all the players a six-pack or something. <laughs> That's awesome. Maybe we can do a giveaway, too, at one point. We'll have to talk to Nell and everyone and see if we can link that up. Um, awesome. Well, thanks so much. Uh, just a reminder, this is going to be on the last Monday of every month, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Make sure you please subscribe and follow here on Twitch. Also, subscribe on YouTube. Give us a like. Leave a comment in the chat. I'd love to get some feedback from everyone from the CyberNation Uncensored community, uh, how you're feeling about this dark medieval horror uh, sort of game that we're going to be getting into. I'd love to hear your feedback on the characters and how we're connecting them. And if you have ideas for that, uh, let us know. Uh, We would love to uh, consider that and have you as part of our story. Um, other than that, everyone, make sure you check out the calendar and you join the Cybernation Uncensored Discord. We have lots of casting calls uh, for players with streamed games. Uh, we're also looking for more GMs, other uh, series and things. So uh, don't miss anything. Make sure you join that and you keep looking out for it. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Take care, everybody. Cybernation Uncensored.